We gather today to hear from the Gospel of John, the 15th chapter. It's in the final discourse of Jesus' words. The first verse through the eighth verse, we hear a familiar text. Hear these words. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we, as your people, have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I am the vine and you are the branches. Now, I can't help, but when I hear the word vine, it has a negative connotation. Because I live on a creek, on the edge of a creek. And if I want to walk down to the creek, there's this thistle vine that will scratch, it will cut. It will tear. It's the nasty. I don't know where or who thought they should plant it, but it's a terrible thing. Anybody agree with me? It's got little thorns on it. I've got scratches. I can't stand that stuff. And I can't get rid of that stuff. So Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And immediately I picture this clinging, scratching, evil vine that's always everywhere I want to go. I can't wear my shorts to the creek. I've got to wear jeans, all those things. And I think, Jesus, you're like that. You're like that vine that just wants to cling and scratch and cut. Wrap around my trees and pull my trees. down. Just. And then I think. It's to my father's glory, he says. To my father's glory that you remain in the vine. Now, I've been in that vine deep enough that I had to try to figure out my way out. And sometimes it involves my pocket knife because I get so entangled in it. I've walked too far that I can't. It's twisted up in my clothes and I just can't get it loose without cutting myself free. I wonder if we as people of God are willing to go that far with Jesus. That we're able to be so entwined in the vine that it goes, it wraps around us wherever we go. Does our faith 
just wrap around us and exude from us wherever we go? I was down by the creek the other day and I had walked in there and some nasty vine or thistle, whatever it was, grabbed my clothes and it, it, it went with me. I cut it off finally and it went with me all the way back up to the house till I could get it out of my jeans. Does our faith do that? Are we so entwisted and entangled in the vine of Jesus that it exudes from us wherever we go? That, that people just see it all over us wherever we go? Now, hopefully our vine's a more pleasant vine than that thistle I walk through and that we affect people not scratching and cutting and hurting, but we affect them in love. But I wonder today if we think about this text, if we we think about what Jesus sets up for us, that the whole big picture for us is, are we a part of that vine? Are we a part of the vine? Think of what a vine does. I, I drove by a high fenced farm the other day and I thought about their fence and the upkeep of their fence and and I, and I saw a vine growing up, a beautiful vine. It grew up and then it went, I mean, it was seven feet tall. And it went down the tops of that fence. And, and I thought about that rancher and I thought, man, does he go by and cut that vine because eventually that vine's going to tear down his fence? Or does he just let it grow so it's beautiful that as you drive by, you see it? You see, God wants us to be a part of that vine. God wants us to be a part of the big picture. God wants it that when we go out in our lives, that our vine, that that the branches of that vine intertwine with other people's lives and it wraps around them and it hugs them and it holds them and it teaches them and it grooms them and it cares for them and it loves on them and it persuades them and it moves them. Are we a part of that kind of vine? Because Jesus says, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. I am the vine and you are the branches. If we believe in Jesus as the Christ, the son of the living God, and we accept him as our personal Lord and Savior, we've said yes to being a part of that vine. But then we have to realize we're one of the branches. And along with being part of that vine comes responsibility. Along with being part of that vine comes comes with growing, comes with sharing ourselves with others, comes with allowing God to prune us. Any of you ever prune your trees? I have about two acres we get to mow and blessings, and it has trees on it. And I sit pretty tall on a riding lawnmower. I can promise you all my trees are pruned above head height, right? And I even go every year and I look at the the branches that are above head height. And if there are any little branches turning down, like they're going to come down into my riding area where they'll scratch or cut or off they go. They're pruned, but what I've noticed is I have this little tree on the edge of my property. And when I got there, it was kind of bound, and it leaned over to one side a little bit. And it wasn't a real big oak tree, but it was an oak tree. And so I started grooming it and pruning it and trimming it where I could get around it a little bit with a lawnmower. And you know what? I can drive now under the canopy of that tree. I mean, when I pruned that tree, it went the other way. Instead of growing down towards where I had pruned it away from, it grew out the top. And I wonder if we as people of God, when we walk through our lives and we realize we're a part of the vine, that we allow God to prune us. How many of you have ever said, God feels distant right now? Or I'm walking through a deep challenge and it doesn't feel like God is with me. You know, I hear that a lot when when I visit with people and what I tell them is, it's not God who moved. 
In those situations when God feels distance, in those situations where it feels like God has taken God's hand off of you, God might have pruned you a little bit, but God's trying to draw you in. You see, we walk through difficult times in our lives, and we have struggles in our lives, and we want to say that God abandons us, but God never leaves us. Because we say we're part of the vine and we're the branches. But in our pruning, we grow. In our pruning, we grow. God allows us to walk through the dark times in our lives. God allows us to experience death. You know, in experiencing death, you know what we do? We learn how to love others when they experience death. In experiencing death, we we learn to value life. We learn to value relationship. We learn how to be community. We, we learn a lot of things when we walk the grief journey. Because God teaches us those things. Even though it's hard, even though we've lost someone in our lives, we feel pruned by that, but God grows us in that. Because God gives to us. When relationships break up, what we feel is pruned. God allows us to walk through a broken relationship so that we can understand what a good relationship feels like. So that we can grow closer to God, so that we can know what the next relationship should be like. You see those things? God God allows us to walk through a bad job situation so that we can understand what it means to be a good employee or to work for good people, whichever side of the coin you're on. You see, God, God allows us to be pruned so that the vine can be stronger. It can be a lot stronger than it was beforehand, and God wants to use us for that. Many times people will say, well, I want to be a part of the vine, but I don't want to go through the growing process. The growing process is tough. If you think you said, I love Jesus, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior of my life, and it's all going to be a bed of roses from now on, you're wrong. You're incredibly wrong. Have you ever looked at a rose bush? It has multiple thorns. And if you go to trim that rose bush, I promise you, you're going to get cut. Anybody ever trimmed a rose bush without getting cut? Never. Or I can't do it anyway. I've never done it. I used to groom one in front of one of the houses we had. I used to prune it so that it would grow. And I never could do it without getting scratches and cuts on my hand. So what Jesus is saying to us today is, if we're going to be and accept our position as some of the branches in the vine, we will bear great fruit, but we have to allow ourselves to be pruned. We have to allow ourselves. God prunes us, why? Because God wants us to grow. Now, does God cause those evil things in our lives? No. We live in a life, we got banished, we live in a life that's tough. But God never abandons us in those tough times. And in those pruning processes, we're pruned Not so we can be thrown away. We're pruned so that we can bear more fruit. If you use your experiences of your life to be a witness towards God in your life and where God is and how you can affect others and relate to others in your life, then just think of what the the amount of fruit that you're bearing for God. Think about the amount of fruit you're bearing for Jesus. I have a mentor. I've never met the man. I want to meet him, but I've never met him. But he's my mentor because I read what he puts out. And he speaks a language that I understand. His name's Bob Goff, and he has a book called Everybody Always. It's a wonderful book. He also has a book called Love Does. If you haven't read either one of those books, rush out of here, go order them, whatever, put them on your tablet, whatever, go read them. 
They're deep, easy reading. Do you get it? I mean, I can read them, okay? But I get what he says, and it's deep stuff. He tells a story. He's a great storyteller. It's probably why I like him so much. He tells a story one time that um, he got a call from southern Alabama. There was a young man on the other line, and he was calling from a small church out in southern Alabama, and he says, Bob, we having a crock drop. Can you come out here? And Bob said, a crock drop? Heck yeah, I'll be out there. Yeah, Bob's an adrenaline junkie. He's about six foot seven, big lanky guy. He's adrenaline junkie. He's a lawyer by trade, but he does all sorts of wonderful humanitarian work around the world. And he, he said, a crock drop? And his mind just visioned all these crocodiles being dropped from somewhere. And he had never been around a crocodile. And he thought, man, that's going to be the coolest thing in the whole wide world. I can, you talk about adrenaline. I can't wait to be there. He said, I'll be there. I'll book a flight. You just tell me what day it is. I'm going to be there. I'll be in southern Alabama. He said, I booked my flight. I was so excited. And boy, my mind, man, I've never seen a crocodile. I just want to say, that'd be so cool. But man, I'm kind of afraid because how are we going to be away from those crocodiles and not get, and he just went on about all these things that could happen. And he was preparing his mind to get out there for the croc drop. And he was so excited. He landed and got a car and he drove out to this big barn warehouse looking thing out in the country. And, and he got there and boy, he said, I started in there. I took this deep breath and puffed my chest out. And he said, I opened that door and I said, I'm here. I'm ready for the crock drop. And he said, there was kind of a hush fell over the crowd. He walked into the room and in this big barn was this mound of potatoes, thousands upon thousands of potatoes and people were everywhere. And he looked around, and this young man came walking up to him, and he introduced himself as the man who had called him. And he shook his hand and says, man, nice to meet you, nice to meet you too. He says, man, where's the crocodiles? He said, that young man just started laughing at him. He said, I didn't say croc, I said crop. Crop drop. Bob admitted, he said, I kind of let out a deep sigh. He said, I thought about all the things that were going to happen with me and the adventure and stuff. And I walk in this barn and there's all these potatoes. And there's all these people. And they're all dressed different. Nobody has the same shirt on. Nobody. It's a crop drop. Do you know what a crop drop is? The potatoes in, in southern Alabama are gathered by machine. And the machine leaves potatoes in the field. All of the churches in this community. Please hear me say that. All of the churches in this community gather at the fields after the machines have gone through and they pick up the potatoes that are left over and they bring them to the barn and they drop them in the barn. Then what they do is they gather and they start dividing them to give them to the families in need so that everybody in counties near them and in their county are fed and taken care of. He said, several churches, this is what he wanted to say. He said, several churches. He said, I was so humbled. I was so pruned, if you will. I had all this image about what was going to happen with me, and I walk into this God moment. The community of faith. The church. Yeah, the Baptists were there. The Methodists were there. I'm sure the Christians were there. The Catholics were there. Whoever. The Nazarene, all of them, they were all there. Not a one had a church shirt that said First Christian Paris, Texas. Not a, you know, First United, whatever. They didn't have their church shirts on working in their little gangs. He said they were all working together. 
the church, the body of Christ, was bearing fruit for the world. Just think about that. He'd spent all that money to fly out there. He had all these illusions of grandeur in his mind about what was going to happen and how he was going to be so involved. And it was going to be. And God said, hey, big boy. Let's just prune that ego a little bit. Let's prune that imagination a little bit. And let you get you connected back to where you need to be connected. And that's with the church, the body of Christ in action. You see, God works as simple as that in pruning us. He, he, he meets us in our situations and allows us to see through his eyes for just a little bit. Bob said it was the most humbling thing he's ever been through. To walk into there expecting this grandeur thing. And it's all about servanthood. It was all about servanthood. Now they gave him a few minutes at the end of the gathering to speak because he's Bob Goff. And he's written two books or three books or whatever he does. But for him it was about the people. It was about the vine and the branches that were reaching out as, as they could. And making a difference where they were. He said he's never been so humble in his whole life as to be pruned by God. How many of us are willing to submit ourselves to being a part of the vine that we get pruned? And we're willing to be pruned. And we understand that in our journeys in our lives, there are times when God prunes us, but it's so that we can grow. It's not so that we can be beat up or kicked out or that God's mad at us. Somebody said that to me one day. I think God's mad at me. Excuse me. What did you just say? I think God's mad at me. I don't think God puts that emotion on us. God may correct us. God may prune us. But it's because God loves us. God sent his only son for us. And God, the, the God, the gardener, created the vine and created us to be branches. I wonder if you're that branch. And you're willing to go wherever it is God's willing to grow you. You see, some of us become branches and we get content with our position in the vine. And we're afraid to be grown. Have you ever seen a vine that wouldn't grow? The little branches, you know what they do? They shrivel up and they fall off. Have you seen that? It happens. On a vine, a branch won't grow, a, a, a branch won't catch hold of something. And for some reason, it loses its nutrition, and it dies. And you can just flick it off. And it falls to the earth to be trampled on. That's what happens when we don't stay connected to the vine. That's what happens when we don't allow ourselves to be pruned enough so that we can grow in Christ. The vine reaches in amazing places. And the reason the vine reaches in amazing places is because the branches are willing to grow there. They're willing to grow there. I cut a path so I could get down to the creek. I slaughtered that thistle with the biggest smile on my face. And I wore my loafers and my shorts down to the creek for about a week. You know, it rains here. <laughs> Things grow fast here. For about a week, I could walk down to my favorite spot and I could overlook the creek where it bends a little bit. And then one day I decided I was going to do it. I'd skipped a couple of days and I walked down there and you know what happened? 
my ankles got cut to pieces. Because that little vine had grown where there was space for it to grow. It had gone where it was allowed to go, and it had grown. What if we, what if we as people of God were as tenacious, tenacious in our faith, tenacious in our believer, in our belief of the vine, in our belief of the gardener, that we were willing to go wherever the opportunity opens for us to grow? Did you hear me? That we're willing to go wherever the opportunity opens for us to grow. God prunes us so we can grow. We're pruned. We're cut back so we can grow, so we can see with new eyes, so we can understand with a new heart, so that we can give in new ways. Christ gave everything he had for us so that we could be viable branches on the vine, so that we could allow God to prune us and that we could grow Wherever it is, the vine goes. I wonder about your life. I wonder about my life. Are we willing? Are we willing to really say that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches? And as long as we stay within the vine, we will bear much fruit. And here's the truth about the situation. If we stay within the vine and we allow ourselves to grow where we're allowed to go, we will bear much fruit. And God will be glorified. And in that glorification, people interpret this text so wrongly. In that glorification, Jesus says, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Ask of me and it will be given to you. To my Father's glory. That does not mean that our selfish desires are what we're supposed to throw at God. We're to come before the Father as part of the vine. Branches willing to be pruned. Branches ready to grow. To go wherever it is we're grown to go. And we're to say, God, whatever it is. Whatever it is. God, whomever's to come alongside of us. God, whatever your vision is. God, help us go wherever you need us to go. Expand our territory. And it will be given. Our purpose as branches is to grow so that God can be glorified. Are you willing? Are you willing to be pruned so you can grow and go? wherever God wants you to glorify the name of Jesus? I pray it so. And I pray that we, the people of God, can continue to be the branches of the vine. Amen and amen.
Bob Goff tells that story at the time of being pruned. But what he doesn't...